Hello, 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 and welcome to the Thank You for Laughing podcast, or welcome back. I'm your host, Stephanie Sharp. This is where we make light of life one episode at a time. I believe this is episode 102, if I am posting these in order, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to post this right after I record it because today is Thursday. And I have been um, saying that I post new episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, but I haven't been doing that for the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, but just in case you're new here, we talk about money, motherhood, mental health, men, all the things everyone else is afraid to say. Um, this is the podcast for by women for women that focuses on the trials and tribulations of living single in your 30s and 40s. Actually, according to my stats, most of my listeners are older than me. So I love being your little sis. And um, yeah, I'm happy that you're here. I'm excited. I am a single mom, entrepreneur, corporate queen, and recent MBA grad. And um, yeah, here we go. Thank you for listening and thank you for laughing with me. So we are only a month into 2024. Today is Thursday, February 1st. And already everything has changed in my life or is changing really rapidly. And so this is going to be a life update. This is probably not going to be super structured or super like advice heavy or fact heavy or anything like that. Um, I mean, a lot of my episodes are really casual conversations. And this is one of those casual conversations where We can just pretend that we're talking on the phone or this is a really long voice memo from your bestie and I'm just going to fill you in on everything that's going on and maybe you will have some takeaways and find some inspiration just from hearing about my life and what I've been doing and what I'm going to be doing and I'm just really, really excited about um, manifesting my happiest yet most peaceful year ever. So when I was going into 2024 and I was kind of thinking about my goals and um, my intentions, my desires, my resolutions, whatever you want to call them, and kind of how I wanted this year to feel, um, you guys may have listened to my episode about my word of the year, which is happiness. I wanted this year to be all about happiness. But another thing that I thought of going into this year that I, you know, kind of sent into the universe and kind of put out there was, I really wanted a boring year. (laughs) Like honestly, because the last few years have been so chaotic, so traumatic. 2023 was horrible. And I really just wanted a calm, peaceful, easygoing year. And I honestly want that to be my life. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be rich and famous. I wanted this big, exciting, glamorous life that was just full of you know, travel and dating and, you know, all of these things. And and I did all of that and that was great. But like now I'm about to be 37 in two months and I just want a quiet life. Like I just want to chill. I just want to have peace and joy and love. And um, so going into this year, I really set that intention and I really wanted that to be the vibe of the year. And when I made my vision board, I made sure to focus on those things. And when I made my goals, they kind of all, they all kind of connected, right? And I just decided like, no matter what happens this year, I am going to be happy. I'm going to see the glasses half full. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to practice gratitude. 
and I'm going to focus on the good. And when I started collecting images for my vision board on Pinterest, I called the Pinterest board 2024 ready for all the good, ready for all the good. And I just decided I was going to open myself up to whatever God had for me and all the goodness that was coming my way because I knew and I just, I had to decide to believe that I was going to receive more than what had been taken away from me in these last few years. And I had to make that decision that I was going to be open to the good and really just every day, you know, shifting my thoughts and shifting my patterns and really doing something different. Because if you want your life to be different, you have to think differently and you have to act differently. And it starts with your attitude. And I know it's so cliche and everyone says it. And I, you know, last year it was really hard for me to have a good attitude and it felt really, really forced. And you know, I think that, well, I know that when we go through something traumatic, whether it's a job loss or a person loss, whether that's in death or a breakup or a friendship breakup or whatever it may be, maybe someone moved away, um, whatever it may be, when you experience something that kind of rocks your world and turns it upside down, it is completely okay and healthy to have a grieving period, to have a mourning period. And last year, I things just like kept happening. And it was like every time something would happen, I would have that mourning period and I would be like on my way out of it. And then something else would happen. And one of the things that I have decided to master and decided to embody is, you know, I am human. We're all human and we're going to get triggered and shit's going to happen. Shit's going to hit the fan. But how are we going to react and how fast can we bounce back? And how are we bouncing back? And what does that look like? And, you know, you've probably heard all these things. You need to feel it to heal it and what you resist persists. And so I really had to come to terms with the fact that it's a balance, right? Like, okay, I need to have a morning period, but I also need to not dwell on it and obsess over it and like stay stuck in that spot because things are going to happen and I need to be able to bounce back quicker or else I'm going to have another year like the year before where it's like I'm constantly in a morning period because things are constantly happening and I'm taking one, two, three, four, five, six months to get over something. And I really feel like I had to have 2023 in order to kind of look back and think about like what I could have done differently. And a lot of the things that happened, almost everything that happened was out of my control. So it's not like I am blaming myself for things that happened to me or for what other people did to me or, you know, whatever it may be. I'm not victim blaming. I'm not blaming myself for what happened, but I can also take a candid look at how did I handle it and how can I handle it better in the future and how can I bounce back quicker? And okay, I said I wasn't going to give advice, but this is the only thing I'll say, and then I'll get into what's going on in my life. It's, and I I think, I mean, I, I just said something like this, 
where it's like an everyday decision, like an everyday practice to like reframe your thoughts throughout the day. And it's not just about like a morning routine or a night routine or meditating every day or journaling every day. Like I have not been doing those things regularly. I really haven't. And I've said this before, like I haven't really had a solid morning routine or a solid night routine like since I went back to working as an employee in February of 2022. So yeah, it's been two years. And since then, like since I've been working full-time again for someone else and doing like everything else that I do, like I just, I, I just like haven't had a routine. I just haven't even been able to have a routine. It's, it's like I keep trying and I'm not doing it. So here's the thing. Fuck the routine. I'm going to say something that like no one else is going to tell you. It doesn't matter if you have a routine or not. What matters is how you're thinking throughout the day. So it doesn't matter if you're practicing anything specific every day unless it's – except for the fact – like it doesn't have to be – how can I word this? It doesn't have to be like a tangible task that you're doing every day. It's the daily habit of reframing these situations in your mind every day. It's getting up and saying, I'm going to have a good day today. And then you spill your coffee all over yourself and you get to stop and take a deep breath and say, I'm still going to have a good day. It's still going to be a great day. I'm going to clean this up. I'm going to pour myself a new coffee. I'm going to change my clothes and it's still going to be a good day. And like and but still pausing taking that deep breath feeling oh, the stress the chaos like feeling that anxiety in your chest and then being like but i'm still okay i'm going to be okay and it's still going to be a good day and just constantly like constantly self soothing and constantly having positive self talk and constantly um I can't even think of another word for it, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Just constantly doing that for yourself, pivoting, constantly pivoting your feelings, pivoting your attitude. And um, so that's something that has really, really changed the game for me. Okay. So we're going to talk about like what's what's been going on though, because like I said, it has been a wild month and I made a list. I made like, like I actually looked up the dates of like when these things happened. And as I was making this list, I was like, I cannot believe that all this happened within the last three weeks. It wasn't even like all of January. Like it all started January 10th. And, and I'm telling you, I felt it in my body when I felt the energy shift in my life and I was like, something's going on. Like I could just tell. And it was when we got the first big snowfall, which is weird because I don't love winter. I don't love being cold, but I was so happy the day that we got our first big snowfall here in Michigan because, well, I I didn't know why. I was like, I just, I feel like this signifies something, like things are changing. And just in case you're not aware, 
I mean, I'm sure everyone knows that it snows a lot in Michigan, but we had a very, very mild winter at first. We did not have a white Christmas. We we got one very light dusting of snow on Halloween and a very light dusting of snow on New Year's Eve. And that's it. So we hadn't had it. So it just felt weird. It felt weird because it wasn't normal and it felt like kind of uncomfortable. And when my, when we got that first big snowfall, I was like, okay, now we're moving. Now things are moving along. And I could just feel it in the air. And I didn't know what was coming, but I knew that change was coming. And it just made me so happy. So it all started January 10th. January 10th was the last day of my MBA. I have been working towards my master's in business administration for the last seven years. I started in 2016, around the time that I moved back to Michigan from California. I lived in California for seven years in my 20s. That's where I had my son. And when my son's dad and I broke up, my son and I moved back to Michigan and my ex moved back to Seattle. But anyways, that has nothing to do with this. So the reason why it took me so long is because I failed out twice and I lied to everyone I knew. And I told them, like both of the times that I failed out, I told people I was just like taking a break from school, but I really actually failed. And um, at the school, because at the school, they have a policy that in order to stay in the master's program, you have to have at least a 3.0 average. And if you dip below that, you need to take a two-year um, kind of deferral period or something. I don't remember what they call it, but like basically you have to take two years off and then you can re-enroll and then you're on probation for like your first class or two um, to make sure that you get your grades up. And I was always good in school growing up, but the reason why I was good in school was because I spent hours and hours and hours and hours studying and doing my homework. I have undiagnosed ADHD, and I know that from raising my son, who is diagnosed with ADHD. And looking back, it always took me so much longer to do anything than the other students. I would be the last one turning in my test. It would take me like I remember in college, my roommates would study for an hour and get an A, and I would study for four hours and get a B. Like that was just the way it was, and I'm still that way. It still takes me a really long time to do anything. And I have to give myself a lot of grace and a lot of mercy and a lot of self-compassion because I do get frustrated with myself, and that's something that I don't like about myself. But I take a long time. I take forever to get ready. I take forever to do anything. Um, I am just a slow, slow, slow person when it comes to doing anything. And I don't know if it's because I get distracted or because I'm a little OCD, which I know like kind of goes hand in hand with ADHD, which a lot of people don't understand that. And I guess I don't really either. But, you know, whatever the case may be, like I definitely have this problem. If you want to see it as a problem, I'm trying not to see it as that way. But like I have this thing where it takes me a really long time to do things. And so the reason why I failed out twice is because I did not have time to do everything I needed to do and do it well for my degree because I was getting my master's alongside of working, raising a child on my own, you know, and everything else that comes along with life. And so last year when I Actually, last year, even before I got laid off from my previous job, 
probably like a few weeks before, honestly. Like it's crazy the timing of everything. I decided I was going to go back to school. I was going to finish my master's. There was a guy I worked with who was doing his master's at the same time. And I was like, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it too. I'm like, I'm going to re-enroll. And it, it was actually like exactly two years. So it was like the right time for me to be able to do it. I think it was like February. Um, I was I, I had this thought in my head and then I looked back and I was like, oh, I, I can actually re-enroll. And so I re-enrolled. My first class was going to start in, I want to say April. And then in March, I got laid off. So went back to school. You guys know about my whole unemployment journey last year. If you don't know about it, you can go back and listen to previous episodes. I'm not going to go into that because that's going to be another like <laughs> huge story. So anyway, I went back to school and I was just really determined to to finish it and just be done with it. And um, it kind of worked out because I did have more time when I was laid off. And um, and then I got my new job. And then I basically just didn't have a life for the last three, four months, maybe even six months. Um, I would work eight to four and then come home. Well, I would work eight to four, pick up my son at 4.30, be home around five, you know, get him situated, dinner, all of that, and then do homework for like four or five hours, go to bed at like 10, 11, 12, and then get up and do it all over again. And so my nights and weekends were homework. I had maybe like one night off a week from homework. And so I had no life. I was super stressed out. And you guys, again, would you know that from listening to the podcast. I was super stressed out. I was just constantly, constant anxiety, constantly like hating my life, honestly. And it's because I did not have the time or energy to do anything that brought me joy. But I knew that I was going to be done because when I re-enrolled, I found out I only had two classes left. And I was like, okay, I, I mean, was it four classes or two classes? I want to say it was two classes. I think that would make sense because they're eight weeks each. But anyway, I knew that I was like really close to finishing and I was like, okay, I can do this. And I know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and I can finish this and I'm just going to, just going to do it. I'm just going to focus, be laser focused, blinders on, get it done no matter what. And that was the only thing that kept me going was because I knew I was so close to the finish line, but I just really was, um, not in a good place mentally because of everything that had happened last year. And then also because I didn't even have time to like process anything or chill out or, you know, just, just have a life. Right. And so January 10th was the last day of my MBA. And I was like, okay, like I, I know that, um, this is going to open up like so much more time and freedom and I'll be able to relax a little bit and I know that I'll be able to feel better. And I needed, in order for me to graduate, I needed at least a B plus in my last class and I got an A. And I honestly would not have gotten an A if it weren't for the group that I had for my group project because, I mean, group projects can be a shit show. We all know that. We all hate group projects. And, um, Sorry, one of my cats is um, meowing a lot. So I might need to see if she needs something. Yes, I have two cats now. That's another part of this. I don't even remember what I was saying, but I think I was getting to the fact that I had this really, really amazing 
group for my group project and it honestly saved my grade because it was my last class was the hardest class of my life and the group project was really hard but it was four of us women and everyone was involved and everyone was on top of it and it was just like honestly a god thing like that was such a blessing so that was that so that was january 10th january 11th we had the first big snowfall and that was the day and that was the day after i finished my class and that was the day that i could just feel the energy shifting in the air and i was like i know that things are going to be different about a week later so wednesday january 17th this was a week after my last day of my mba i started talking to a man which is not abnormal well i mean you guys know that i've been off the dating apps for the last year and i haven't really been trying to meet anyone or date anyone for the last probably two years i have been trying as much like two three years honestly i would say like 2021 yeah pretty much since like 2021 i've been just focusing on other things but of course like people still find me like men still find me i wish women would find me but it's it's men so so i still end up like going on dates and stuff anyway so but on the 17th i started talking to this guy and um we met in a facebook group called vouched dating and they have them all over the country in different cities and it's pretty much like a matchmaking group like women can go in and post about someone like their brother or their uncle or their dad or their son or their friend or whatever and they can be like hey like this is Joe Schmo and he's really great and here's some pictures and here's some things about him and you know then girls will comment underneath and be like oh hey pick me whatever they don't say pick me well maybe some of them do but you know they'll like post if they're interested they'll comment if they're interested so it's girls only in the group and um so with this particular guy like every everyone's like kind of different how they approach it and how they kind of you know like their method um but this particular woman said to like message this guy on Facebook and like she actually tagged him and everything like that. Not everyone does it that way, but she was like, you know, if you're interested, like message him. I didn't message him, but I did add him. And then he like immediately added me back and messaged me. And I was like, oh, okay. And um, we started talking and a week later we had our first date but I'm getting ahead of myself. So start talking to this guy Wednesday, the 17th, Thursday, the 18th, I do a podcast interview, an interview for this podcast with um, a woman named Lisa, who I don't think I have posted it yet because we also did video and I really want to get the video and audio up at the same time, but that like never happens because it takes me a million hours to edit video because I'm terrible at it because I just don't have enough practice. So I don't know. I'm probably going to post the audio interview like next week and then I will do the video eventually or hire someone to do it if I ever have the money. But 
um, because honestly, the audio for the video didn't turn out very well. Um, yeah, it was just, it didn't turn out very well. So I either want to learn how to overlay the, because basically we were using like, this is how janky I am guys. Cause I, I don't know how to do any of this stuff and I can't afford any, any good equipment. So I, we were recording the video with my phone and then we were recording the audio with my Chromebook, which I'm using my Chromebook right now for this audio because I have a really nice mic with it and it's just better to use for the audio. Um, I have mics that clip on that I can use with my phone, but the last time I used a similar mic situation like that, it actually didn't even end up working. Like we thought they were on and it showed they were on, but like it didn't even do anything. So I don't know what happened. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is like, I would love to take the good audio and put it over the video and like get rid of that audio. So if you know how to do that, please let me know. I can't pay you, but I will love you forever. Okay. So we had that interview and that's going to be significant in a second because, oh, did I not even write this part down? I thought I wrote it down. Did I accidentally delete it? I don't know, whatever. So a couple of days after that interview with her, she calls me and she, so from getting to know me through like, okay, let me back up. So I know this woman because we met through the chamber of commerce in my city and I'm part of that chamber because of my full-time job, because I'm the business development manager. So I'm basically the entire marketing department for this small business. And so that's how I met Lisa. And Lisa also has a podcast and she has, she actually has like a whole like podcast network and she runs two magazines in the area and she has like a partner in Florida that does a bunch of stuff there and all these things. So she, and, and from getting to know me and from doing the podcast episode together and all those things, like she knows that I am passionate about writing and marketing and creative stuff. Like, and the job that I have right now, the position, even though it is marketing, it does not have much room, if any room for creativity. It's like very cut and dry. It's a franchise. It's for a restoration company. It's not like anything I'm, I'm like passionate about. Like it's a fun job. It's an interesting job. Um, and things are picking up and I'll get to that too. But like, it's not like my dream job. Like I, I don't see myself staying here forever, but like right now it, it is what it is. So, um, so she knows that my passion is really in other things. And so a few days after the interview with her, she calls me and says, I have a proposition for you. Um, how would you like to be my content coordinator for my magazine or both magazines? And I'm like, that's amazing. I would, I would love that. Um, it wasn't set in stone because she wasn't sure what was going to happen with her current content coordinator. And I'm not going to go into the details of that, obviously, because that's not anyone's business, but the two of them. And I don't even know the other person. So, but anyways, she wasn't sure what was going on with that other person. And so she was like, okay, I'm going to see what happens with this other person. And then if it, you know, if things go downhill or, or whatever, um, 
I am going to replace her with you. And um, I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. Um, and so I was excited about it, but I also knew there was a chance that it wouldn't happen. It was kind of like a tentative thing. Like she was kind of like putting her feelers out to me and being like, is if this occurs, if this if this position opens up, like, would you be interested? And I'm like, yes. So a couple of days later, Wednesday, January 24th, I don't know why all these big things happened on Wednesdays. It's like the last three Wednesdays, four Wednesdays. So it was Wednesday, January 24th. I am going to a networking event on the other side of town with a totally different chamber um, because I was invited by someone else. Um, that all doesn't matter. But anyway, so I was invited to this thing. I went to this thing. And the first person I see is Lisa. I run into her. I didn't even know she was going to be there. It was just like, I was like, okay, this is a sign. But I obviously wasn't going to like bring up the job position with her because it wasn't official and I didn't want to rush her. And I knew like she had to get her ducks in a row and all of that. So we just like chatted about other things and whatever. But I was like, okay, this is definitely a sign. That <clears throat> that night, <clears throat> sorry, my throat is dry. It always is in the winter. Um, that night, right after the networking event, I go on the first date with the guy I just told you about. And it's really, really good. Super, super sweet man. Super cute. Um, no red flags. Just like a really good, sweet guy. Um, and I'm like, okay, great. So obviously, though, I'm not like, you know, committed to him or anything. I'm not I, – I, I know how to pace myself now and not like get like obsessed on the first night, right? So – but it went really, really well. So I was like, this is great. So then the next day was the first full moon of 2024 and it was in the fire sign Leo. I'm like reading this thing. But um, I I have a Leo moon. My moon is in Leo and the day after I ran into Lisa and then had the first date with this guy was a full moon in Leo. So – I was like, that's kind of crazy. This is all happening around this time. That um, that weekend, um, that Friday. So, okay, so Wednesday, I run into Lisa, have the first date with the dude. The next day is Thursday. It's the full moon. The next day is Friday, the 26th, and I get another call from Lisa, and this time she's officially offering me the gig. Um, oh, by the way, at some point in there, I had to send her a couple of writing samples and things like that. So she officially offers me the gig. She's like, I'm going to send you the contract this weekend and it's going to be an extra thousand dollars a month. So you guys know that I have really, really been struggling financially since I lost my last job. I have been making half at my current full-time job as I was making at my last full-time job. And so obviously I've been struggling to make ends meet, like paying my rent, like all those things, because obviously I got approved for this apartment with my old pay stubs and I'm just, I'm in a different, you know, a different bracket now. Right. So, um, so a thousand dollars a month is massive to me. That's over half my rent. And so that happened the same weekend, 
on Saturday the 27th, I have my second date with this man. And um, by the way, he doesn't even know that I have a podcast yet. <laughs> At least I don't think he does. He doesn't have Instagram. And I don't really talk about my podcast on Facebook. I primarily use my Facebook to keep in touch with family and for my health coaching business. And then my Instagram is more like my influencer stuff and my podcast and things like that. So um, yeah, on Saturday the 27th, I have my second date with him and it turns into a 24-hour date, which I have never done. I don't think I've ever done that with anyone on the second date. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. We did so many fun things. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was, it was really great. And of course I'll like, I'll go into more detail if we do end up being serious, but for now that's all, that's all I will say is it was, I like I told him that it was the best second date ever, and he told me that it was the best date ever, um, in general for him. So like obviously like we're both really into each other, happy, excited, all those things. So, um, that was Saturday the twenty seventh, the 29th, I get the contract from Lisa. I signed it like the thirtieth or something like that, um, and then. Also, I believe it was also on the 29th that I went and went to a place, a plasma place to get screened to see if I could donate plasma. Um, because again, I need the extra money and I was like, I'm just going to see like what that's like. I could literally do an entire episode just on my plasma experience because it's just, it's wild. It's wild. It's like very dystopian, like being in a room with all these broke people who are all getting like plasma pumped out of them for money. Like it's just, it's very, very strange. And it's also like for me being someone who is terrified of needles and terrified of anything medical, I hate blood. I can't stand any of that stuff. Like I never go to the doctor. I never go to the doctor. I never go to the dentist. I go to the dentist like once every 10 years. I know I know that's disgusting. I know. But I have like major anxiety about it. So basically when I went in for the screening, I ended up like I could have done the screening and then donated that day. But number one, I was way too nervous. And number two, I like hadn't eaten enough that day or drank enough water. And I also didn't have enough time because I was going on my lunch break. And the screening alone took like an hour. Like I'm really going to try to make this quick. So, and by the way, I called in advance. So like, because of my anxiety, I love to know, I like have to know like what's going to happen when I go anywhere, even if it's like going to a restaurant, I'm going to be looking up the parking situation. I'm going to be looking at the menu. I'm going to be looking at the prices. I'm going to be looking at reviews. Like I need to know what's happening before I arrive somewhere so that I'm not blindsided and like stress the fuck out. So that was like another reason why I had like my anxiety was heightened because when I called, they did not tell me like enough detail at all. Like I called to see like what happens. I was like, hey, I've never donated plasma before. Like what do I do? And they were like, oh yeah, just come in, like bring um, your driver's license and um, your social security card and like a utility bill and like we'll screen you and you're good to go. I'm like, okay, great. So first I get there, I have to provide them with my stuff. 
um, the ID and everything, and then fill out this form, then watch a video that's like 15 minutes. Then I have to go into a room with one person, get a bunch of stuff checked, answer a bunch of questions. Then I have to go to another screen, answer a bunch of questions. Then I have to go see another person, get like my vitals checked to get my skin poked, like my finger poked so they can like check my blood real quick to make sure I can donate. Then I had to go in another room with another person. It was literally a social anxiety slash medical anxiety nightmare. What do they call it? Like the white, white lab coat effect or something like that. There's like an actual term for the paranoia of going to the doctor. It was literally so fucking stressful and it took forever. It took like an hour just to do all of that. And then they were like, oh, and then when you donate, it takes another hour. And I'm like, I can't take fucking two hours out of my day. I'm sorry. Like, I was just like, I'm going to come back another day. And they were like, okay, you have seven days to come back. I'm like, okay, great. And I plan to come back because I was just like, they did not tell me any of that over the phone. It was like, just really, really anxiety inducing. I was like, okay, why do I have to like, go to this station, then this station, then this station. It's like, it's like it never ended. It was like the song that never ends. It was like the journey that never ends. It was like a Lord of the Rings movie. I was like, this is, this is a nightmare. So anyway, so I ended up leaving. Um, and so that was also on, um, I believe on that Monday and then, okay. So then last night, which was January 31st, last day of January, um, my son and I were going to go to my parents' house to hang out with my sibling Void because they were going back to Maine today. So for those of you that don't know, I'm the oldest of three siblings. My like next sibling down, Void, is one of my best friends, if not my best friend, and they live in Maine. They came to visit for Christmas and they ended up staying later. Um, my parents left for Florida because they go to Florida every year for a few months, well, several months in the winter. Um, so my parents were gone, but Void was still staying at my parents' house and taking care of their cat, Nala. I already have a cat named Lily. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see her all over the place. And I talk about her a lot. Um, and I, we, my son and I had to go pick up the other cat because we were going to be taking over the cat sitting duties while my parents are gone and after Void left. So we're on our way to go see Void. Um, Void had placed an order for Thai food for us. I was going to go pick it up and pay for it. And they were going to Venmo me and all of that. Not that any of that matters. But anyways, so we're on our way to go see Void and pick up the food, pick up the food, then go see Void. And um, <clears throat> the, the gentleman that I have been talking about, um, text me while I'm driving over there and says, Hey, is this a good time to, um, to text you about plans for this weekend? Because last week when we saw each other, we talked about seeing each other again this weekend. And I'm like, sure. Yeah, I'm driving. You can call me. And so he calls me and basically he was like, I have this thing with friends on Friday and this thing with friends on Saturday and this thing with friends on Sunday, but I can come over after my plans on Friday or Saturday. And it was going to be at like, 10 or 11 or 12 p.m. after he's like been at the bar with his friends and I'm like meanwhile like my son is freaking out about something in the back seat I'm trying to pick up the food there's like so much going on and I'm just like stressed out I'm like okay yeah yeah whatever and I like get off the phone with him and then afterwards I'm just like you know 
I, I, no, I can't do that. And so I text him and I'm like, look at, you know, and I, I didn't say it like this. I said it obviously in a nicer way, but I'm like, I am about to be 37. By the way, he's 10 years younger than me. So he is 26, single, living his best life, going out with his friends all the time, like, you know, doing whatever he wants, which is fine. Like he, he is single. He can do what he wants. But I am looking for a relationship, not a booty call, not a middle of the night hangout. Like I'm about to be 37. I have a son that's almost 10. Like I, I, I don't do the roster thing anymore. I don't date around anymore. Like I, I don't have the time or energy or desire for it or money because I have to pay for a sitter. Um, I just like, if I like someone, I just want to keep things going with them. And, um, you know, for not a fit, we're not a fit. But basically what I told him was like, honestly, I am uncomfortable with you like coming over late at night or in the middle of the night after being at the bar with your friends. Like it sounds like a booty call and that's, I, I'm looking for more than that. And basically I was like, look at like if you're going to continue dating me, then XYZ needs to change. Otherwise, we're just not a fit. And like, yes, we've only been talking for two weeks. We only met in person a week ago. But I like, why wait? Like, why wait to like set your standards? Why wait to be like, this is my, these are my standards and boundaries. This is what I'm looking for. And if you're not okay with that, that's fine. Like I was, I knew that it was a risk, like sending him that text. I knew it was a risk. I knew that he could very well be like, well, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. And, um, I, I knew that he could possibly call me controlling, call me high maintenance, call me whatever. I knew that there was a risk that like, sending that text could mean it's over. And I knew that. And I was okay with that. I was like, you know, like I have been single for almost eight years. Like I, I'm fine. Like if it doesn't work out with him, then it's this or something better. Or I'm just, you know, maybe the something better is just me. And I'm fine with that. Like I did not have any like qualms about sending him that text. I was like, I know that this could make or break it and I'm fine with that. And, um, you know, and, and, I, I wouldn't have been upset like if he had been like, no, like this is this is what I want. It's my way or the highway. And I would have been like, OK, great. Then like there's someone out there who's better for you. Like I'm not worried about us not being a match because in my experience, most people, 99.9 percent .9 of people are not a match. And so like I'm fine with that. And so I didn't like say it to be mean or say it to be like, well, you know, I didn't like give him an ultimatum or anything. I was just like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'd rather just like see you next weekend and actually have, you know, a solid full day with you or something like that. I don't remember exactly what I said, but you guys know what I'm trying to say. So he texts me back and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like I, it wasn't my intention to make it sound like a booty call. I just was going to be in your area. He lives kind of far, by the way. He lives like an hour away. Um, and he's like, I was going to be in your area anyway. So I was just going to try to like stop by and see you because I didn't want to skip seeing you this weekend. Um, but yeah, I totally understand. And we can do something next weekend. So I took like three hours to text him back and not because I was playing games, not because I was like playing hard to get or trying not to answer him, not because I was mad or anything because I wasn't, I was just hanging out with void. And then, um, our other sibling, Aaron, and his wife, Abby, came over, which, like, I didn't even know they were going to be there. Apparently, Void forgot they invited them, and Aaron and Abby forgot to confirm with Void. I don't know. Who knows? 
neurodivergent family stuff, but I was just like, okay, whatever. So they showed up and obviously we were hanging out and then I had to get like the cat together and her stuff together and like get back to my place. And it was like, you know, a whole thing. And so we finally got back to my place and I text him back and I'm like, yeah, I'm free. Cause he's, he said something like, you know, just let me know what, what works for you for next weekend. And I'm like, yeah, I'm free all weekend. I don't have any plans. And then he calls me again and he's like, you know, I, I like basically saying like he fucked up and he was like, I am canceling my plans for next weekend and we, you can pick whatever day you want to see me and we can do whatever you want. And he was pretty much like, I want this to work with you and I want you to feel like a priority. And basically he admitted he was being a douchebag and um, is willing to change, which again, I wasn't expecting him to do that, especially this early on. And I would have been fine with him not doing that. But I was like very impressed. I was very impressed by his maturity and like his emotional availability and his transparency and just his willingness to be like, I like you and I want this to progress and I'm willing to do whatever it takes for for us to keep going and, and move forward with this. And so that really like meant a lot to me. And I don't think anyone's ever done that before. Um, so that was really, really cool. And that's what happened last night. And then today, <laughs> today I donated plasma for the first time. Um, oh my gosh. So, so yeah, I donated and no one tells you that the needle is massive. I mean, it is like a free, it is not like a normal, like taking your blood needle. It is absolutely massive. And it's, it's like a, oh my gosh, what's the word for it? I can't think of it, guys. I'm sorry. It's after seven o'clock PM on a school night. Um, the thing that you get epidural, Jesus Christ. It's, it's like the size of an epidural needle, but the thing with an epidural, like people have asked me about it. Like, did it really hurt? Like, weren't you scared? I'm like, well, first of all, you're so excited to have a baby. You don't really give a fuck about anything. Secondly, they put it in your back. You can't even see it. My thing is like, I can't look at it. Like that's what really freaks me out the most. But what I absolutely hated was like right before, right before she's about to put it in, she goes, have you donated anywhere else before? And I'm like, no, but I've gotten like my blood drawn and stuff. And she's like, oh, this is a different size needle. And I'm like, great. Thanks for fucking saying that right before you put it in. So then I was like even more freaked out. And, um, so she like told me to take a deep breath and then she like pushed the needle in and it is really big and it does really hurt. But of course, once it's in, it's in and like, it's totally fine. Um, she did also say like, Hey, if you're gonna, you know, um, sorry, I'm starting to like zone out while I'm talking. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said like, if you feel any, you know, um, nausea or basically if you have any side effects, raise your hand. Okay. So I did feel like I was going to pass out at first, but I think it was honestly just because I was so anxious and then it went away and then it was really easy. Honestly, it's just boring. You're just sitting there. Um, 
and then it's done. And then when they pull out the needle, it hurts again. But again, just for two seconds. And then I got like a hundred bucks. So if I donate five times in February, that's an extra $500. So I will literally, I, within the last week, I've manifested an extra $1,500 a month between the writing gig and, um, and the plasma thing. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's like almost my entire rent. I still want to move to a cheaper place though, for numerous reasons. By the way, I forgot to add, and I was really excited to tell you guys about this. And I forgot to add that every time you donate plasma, they check your iron and protein levels really quick first. And I was told today that I have like really good iron and protein in my blood. So pretty excited about that. Okay. Back to the episode. My closet is still a shit show. If you guys remember from last year when my closet leaked in the winter and it happened again this year and it's just like a recurring issue and my ceiling and my closet has been like broken wide open for like over a month now. They finally, like the roofers had to come out twice. They finally fixed the actual like leak, but they still have to come in and fix the inside of my closet. So I can't use my closet. My stuff is everywhere. And I keep going back and forth with the office and I'm like, I'm getting fucking compensation this time. So last year, um, $3,000 worth of products for one of my side hustles was damaged. I filed a claim with my renter's insurance and I got 1500 out of it um, after my deductible and everything else. And this time, because I knew it was probably going to happen and I didn't want anything damaged again, I like moved some of my stuff out of the way and was kind of like prepared, but now I can't file a claim because nothing got damaged. So I've been kind of going back and forth with the office about like, they need to give me some compensation off my rent or a credit or something like that, because it's been six weeks that I haven't been able to properly use my closet. It's a health hazard. It's a safety hazard. And I pay way too much money to not get something out of this. So I may also get compensation from that too, um, which is the good part. But the bad part is they still can't fix the inside of the closet until next week because they're waiting on like materials to come in. So I'm just like, that is a really annoying thing, but it's also first world problems. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head and I have like this really big, beautiful, spacious apartment. Um, but it is an old building. I have a new unit in an old building and there's other issues too that I I don't think I'm going to really get into them until I move out just in case. I mean, I don't think they're going to like listen to this or even know that I have a podcast, but like I think I'm going to wait on that until I move to really go into everything. But what I will say is I am manifesting something for $1,200 instead of almost $1,800. And you guys know if you've been listening for a while or if you know me in real life, like I've been talking about moving for probably the last like six or eight months. And I still want to do a really big move in the summer of 2026 in two more years because Trey will be at elementary school. But for now, I'm looking for something in the same school district for the next two years. And what that means is I'm probably going to have to have a smaller place. It's probably not going to be as nice of a unit. Um, but I really, really want to try. If I'm going to stay, if I'm going to stay in Michigan, 
I want to try to keep Trey at his school. And that was my original plan was stay in Rochester until he's done with elementary school and then move on from there. So I do still want to do a big move, but my lease is up in July and I don't have the money or, you know, I don't have like my ducks in a row to be able to make a big move. I don't know even which state I would go to still. I'm still like weighing my options and I'm thinking probably Florida, but I still don't know which city. And I am like, you know, still in the brainstorming, planning, figure it out stages for that. But what I do know for sure is that I need to move out of this place. And so um, in July, we our, our lease ends and we will have been in this place for two years. So we're looking for something else for the next two years. And I am manifesting something that's 1,200, two bedroom, cats allowed in this school district for two years. Like absolute worst case scenario, we can move a couple towns over to Waterford. It is so much cheaper, like insane, like almost half the cost cheaper, but the schools aren't as good. And there's like nothing there. Like I don't even think there's like a cute downtown or anything. There's nothing there. It's just like houses and apartments and like the occasional restaurant. Like we have a really cute downtown area here. We have lots of parks. We have lots of things to do. And like it's really cute and pretty and like it's just a really, really nice area. But of course, like you pay for it, right? So anyways, to be continued on that. But yeah, everything is changing and I just, you know, decided to make to take matters into my own hands. I'm like, you know, no one is going to change my life but me and like God is not going to bring me these blessings if I'm not open to them and I don't think that God rewards bad attitudes. Like I mean, I don't reward my son's bad attitude. I reward him when he's having a good attitude. You know what I mean? Like, I still love him, of course, but like, that's not going to get him what he wants. So I've just been very intentional with my thoughts and my behavior and my attitude and my mental, my mentality. And I am excited. And I think this episode is long enough. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up, get it up for you guys, and we'll see what else happens. But everything is moving in the right direction. So much is happening. So much is changing for the better. And I'm super excited. Oh, I didn't even mention, or maybe I did, but I don't think I went into detail about like how at my day job things are really picking up because of all the snow that we've gotten. And like basically it'll like snow really, really bad for a few days. Like we'll have snow days, we'll have all that. And then like it'll melt and then it'll happen again. And it's kind of like this cycle. And when that happens, there's a lot of property damage. And that's what we do is we do restoration. So like the water mitigation, fire, water, mold, biohazard, reconstruction, all of that. So like we've been booked and busy and I'm base plus commission. So that's really, really helpful as well. Um, It usually takes me like a few months to get paid the commission because or maybe like a few weeks sometimes. It kind of depends, honestly. But anyways, like it usually takes a little bit of time for me to get paid the commission because especially if we're working with insurance companies, like I don't know why it just like takes forever to like go through all these different people and stuff like that. So um, 
yeah. So anyway, I am excited for the future. I'm going to go heat up my leftover Thai food now and watch YouTube for the rest of the night and just enjoy myself. And then it'll be the weekend and I cannot wait to clean and read and just have like a really nice, peaceful weekend to myself and Trey. We do have a birthday party on um, Sunday, but that'll be really good. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for laughing with me and I will see you next time. Bye.